right, we are back. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm your host, Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Back with special guest Johnny Schillereff standing by. He's the founder of Element and recent TEDx Orange Coast speaker. And uh, he's going to talk about how he got into skateboarding at the age of four and uh, his recent TED Talk and lots more. So it's my pleasure to welcome Johnny Schillereff. Hey, Johnny, how are you? I'm doing well. You're calling in from... I am calling in from Newport Beach, California. Oh, okay. I thought you were calling in from uh, overseas for some reason. I don't know. Oh, well, I, I just got back from London. I'm actually going back again tomorrow. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's very exciting. Lots, lots of travel. Is this work or fun related? Um, well, it's work, but that's always fun. Oh, good. So, <laughs> a uh, little bit of both. You know what? I uh, didn't get a chance to see you at TEDx. Orange Coast. However, I did watch the video clip online, okay. and uh, you are one cool dude. <laughs> now, Thank you very much. At the age of four, you picked up your first skateboard. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, that's actually true. Well, my sister was uh, really into skateboarding at the time. This is during like the 70s when people were doing like handstands and yes. 360s and all four wheels never left the ground. And um, being the little brother that looked up to my sister and all of her friends, I got my first skateboard and followed them everywhere I went. How old was she? How old was she at the time? um, She was just a teenager. She was maybe not even a teenager quite yet. She was, uh, you know, probably 11 or 12. Good for her. And we lived in Germany. So I grew up in in Europe uh, as a kid. I spent quite some time there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's when I started skateboarding. Now, tell me, the theme of the show is Get the Funk Out. And uh, a lot of times okay. people find, you know, they're in this really low point. Did skateboarding play a key role in maybe helping you stay out of a funk? Or, you know, oh, yeah. Tell me about yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. I, I, obviously, maybe from some of the TED Talk or if, if you read up a little bit about my background, I, I've come from a pretty dysfunctional family and, been through a lot of hardship as a kid, and the one thing that really kept me on track was definitely having that um, uh, appetite to do something else and get me out of the house and keep me active. And mm-hmm. skateboarding is definitely an independent sport that doesn't require um, you know being a part of a team. It doesn't require a uniform. It doesn't require your parents driving you to and fro from practices. So it gave me that freedom to express myself, which at the time was really important when I was a kid. And I told you offline, I grew up, um, well, I didn't tell you where I grew up. I grew up on the East Coast, and I used to skateboard uh, as well. And I just remember, we didn't wear helmets then. We would, I'd no. just be flying down hills, you know, yeah. sometimes too fast, and I would land in bushes. And <laughs> But, you know, it just was so much fun, so much freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up on the East Coast, too, actually. I, I went from uh, from Europe to, to the East Coast. So oh, you did? Okay. I grew up skateboarding in New York, which was, at the time, in the in the 80s, <laughs> uh, quite quite the landscape. It was pretty pretty incredible stuff. Yes. Where in New York? Manhattan or...? Uh... Well, a little. I spent most of my time upstate in Albany, New York, mm-hmm. and then I spent a lot of my summers in the city, right outside the city, New Jersey, and in Brooklyn and places like that in order to the city itself. That's great. Going in and out of the city on trains and stuff. 
Oh yeah, I I uh, I actually went to Syracuse, so I I know that whole oh. Albany f- oh, yeah. freeze your butt off cold. Yeah. You I, know what cold is? Oh, the yeah. real definition of cold. The real definition, yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, your face is freezing off, and you can't have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, when your nostril hair is actually freeze. Right. <laughs> In real life, people think that's not real. It actually is real. I remember we had 40 below wind chill, and somebody took down a street sign. Talk about getting off topic, but I'll share this story. So somebody took down a street sign. I guess it was hanging, and they um, jumped on it like it was a surfboard, went flying down the hills during a winter storm. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, the cold there, the cold there is, is pretty incredible. Oh, it's brutal. I feel so bad for the people in Buffalo right now. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so you followed your passion with skateboarding, and I did. Uh, where did all this lead? Well, you know, I, if you would have asked me that many years ago, I probably would have had. A, I have a different answer probably every five years. <laughs> but uh, really, what it, what happened is I, I was um, very fortunate in timing. I, I look back on it now, and and uh, I happen to live, like I said, in New York during a, a really critical pinnacle time in youth culture during the, the kind of hip-hop, sort of punk rock movement, mm-hmm. and me being entrenched in skateboarding and, and all the subcultures at the time really gave me, I think, a, a kind of an edge on being an entrepreneur and wanting to, to build a business at such a young age, and then being an artist myself on top of being a, um, a sponsored skateboarder. I, I just had a lot of advantages that I, I wasn't necessarily aware of um, so then when I went and, you know, obviously I'm fast forwarding, but started my own business, um, especially in this market, I had quite a, I, I guess, an appetite plus just a, an, a, a knowledge that I didn't even know that I had, especially today. I look back and I'm, I'm just blessed with this kind of, uh, maybe it's like being around rock and roll and Elvis Presley and mm-hmm. Bo Diddley and these guys were on the scene. You know, I was part of a movement that I guess, much like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, like when they built the first computer, we were the guys that built the first sub- subculture of like this whole thing you see today. Yes. And so it, it kind of led to success, not not necessarily very fast, but I was writing the beginnings of like a, a youth culture movement and happened to be in the driver's seat of a business, which was incredible timing. I love what you said. Uh, by the way, I posted your video on my blog uh, from TEDx. It's my blog. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Get the funk at show.kuci.org. I love it. Well, you said a bunch of things, and I wrote down some things. Uh, you've never won anything or gotten first place, but you got first place making them, the skateboards. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, I, you talked about leadership through innocent passion and taking risks. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would love to. Um, and thank you for, for posting and, and, and watching my, my, uh, my speech. Uh, you know, it, it has so much to do with the fact that even though I, you know, I had to, I had to do a lot of thinking because one of the first things going into TED is they were like, and you just can't talk about what you're used to talking about, which made it quite an interesting uh, challenge myself. And the first thing I, that kind of went into my mind is that I, I really have not been amazing. I, you know, younger, I probably thought I was great at everything because mm-hmm. that's just the young hustler in me. Yeah. But looking back on it, you know, I, I actually never won any of the skateboard competitions that I entered. I mean, I was good enough to be in them, and I was good enough to be sponsored, but I wasn't good enough to beat the competition. And, um, you know, looking back on that, 
I, I probably have channeled a lot of that energy into other things. And also, just based on my personality, I, I suppose it didn't, didn't matter enough to make me, a lot of people quit or stop if they just can't seem to win over and over. I tried, and I just didn't. Right. And I think that starting my business, um, I was able to win at that because maybe I wasn't necessarily the most talented skateboarder in the world. But I, I was able to leverage the knowledge and everything I had to be as, to be as good as I was wasn't easy. So I took a lot of that and I put it into my business. So I knew how to make skateboards. I knew what it took to make them correctly. I knew what it would, what type of apparel and fashion uh, kids in our our culture really wanted. Not like what some big, you know, juggernaut business thought that youth culture wanted. You know, I was living and breathing it every day. Right. So I was able to apply that to um, my my company and able to implement ideas and things that I was like actually doing, living and breathing with the, the culture itself, and that that was uh, definitely part of being successful. And then when I say leadership through innocent passion, it really means that like almost like in a sense that I was doing a lot of these things innocently and I was winning in my business without knowing I was doing it. I was, I was leading my company to, uh, I don't want to say greatness, but to where it is today through pure passion versus like chasing money or ego. It was really about just being a leader innocently and passionately. And I think that's what is very important. It's missing a lot in businesses and in, in sports and many things today is that it's not driven by innocence or passion. There's always some sort of like personal agenda or some sort of bottom line or stock price that becomes more important, which is never what gets you over the finish line and makes you win. And I think a lot of people forget that the greatest individuals or organizations in the world, if you were to like track them, they're all driven through passion and innocence right. of just, it's just a different, a different way of training your mind versus a lot of the way that other people do it. Yes. And I loved in the video, uh, you physically showed how, you know, we're constantly uh, clearing gaps, so we're, you know, jumping out of the way of things. And actually, I, I believe that builds such resilience. You're just doing it over and over. And mm. you, you don't, you don't feel like, okay, I have to give this up. It, you, you just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, You know, if you love something, and and I think that's like one of the first missions that anyone should, should do. And I don't think it's something you force, you know, you just sort of know as you go, you'll, you'll learn what, what starts kind of driving your soul. And you get so much momentum, momentum through that, that uh, essentially you can't stop. And that was kind of my point, like with skateboarding being a great, you know, comparison is if you're pushing as fast as you can towards a gap, and you know, I've, I showed some of that in the, in the presentation, but there's no turning back. I mean, you can't, like, go towards a jump of that magnitude and then just at the last minute back out. Like, you just can't. Once your tail hits the ground and your wheels leave the ground, mm-hmm. you're, you're committed. Um, and, and to get to that point, you have to be good. You can't push 100 miles an hour towards a you know, a flight of stairs and plan on leaping down them and rolling away without knowing that there's been a lot of practice, which is why I say there's no tipping points because, you know, you don't just, that doesn't just happen. Yes. You know, you don't just become successful overnight based on, it isn't luck. 
Well, everyone says there's luck. It's not luck. No. It's build-up. It's practice. It's patience. It's, it's you know, massive amounts of uh, ambition. Right. And so once you leave the ground and you're clearing that gap, um, there's no, you, you have to roll away. Your mind isn't saying, I might not make this. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. not what's going through your head. And I loved how you started it off uh, showing somebody grinding down a handrail. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, repetition and passion. That's what makes yeah. it work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you really did watch it. Thank you so much. Oh, I did. Uh, you know, it was, uh, you can apply that to anything. I mean, for instance, I don't like public speaking or, you know, when you have to prepare and go in, so- in front and do something. The more you do it, you get up there and you, you throw off those insecurities and you just, you do it. You go for it. Yeah, and the only way you can do that is through practice, and the only way you can practice and not stop practicing is if you love something. Yeah. I mean, you watch people, I mean, I'm, I like basketball, and so when you watch basketball and you see these guys doing these free throws or shooting from the three-point lines, I mean, that's from just constant, um, constantly playing. And I'm a kind of a sidebar story, but it, it's, it's funny. I was traveling just recently and happened to be in a hotel. doesn't matter what team it was or anything, but... It was late, and the game was over, and I was staying in the same hotel as these NBA players. And they, these guys are exhausted. I mean, they're, they're just beat down and sore, and they've been playing for hours. And we, we get in the same elevator, and as we're going up the elevator to our rooms, these guys are still talking about basketball. They're, like, practicing, uh, you know, jump shots in the elevator. These are grown-ass wow. men yeah. <laughs> that, that don't need to do this. Right. You know, they're, they're done. They're professionals. And, and they're so passionate. They were actually talking about the game, and they were two teammates, and they were kind of practicing their, their little plays, just kind of joking around after the game, mm-hmm. but still talking about it, like, with, with smiles on their face. And it was just, I was just watching, and they didn't know who I was. I was just... Yeah. kind of sitting there yeah. quietly observing. But it just kind of reiterated that these guys are, they, they just done, got done playing a game, practicing in the morning, practicing in the afternoon. They, there's nobody watching them, and they're obsessed with it. Yes. You know, yes. they're obsessed with it. That's what it takes. And I, I, uh, I mean, I wanted to just mention this because it really struck with me. Um, starting anything is easy. You know you found your calling when stopping is more difficult. You mentioned that at the end of your video. Mm. Tell me about yeah. that. Well, two things. I mean, one goes back to, in the physical sense, like clearing that gap on, mm-hmm. a, on a skateboard or shooting that three-pointer in the game in the 11th hour, and you know it's impossible to stop. So when you have that type of conviction, you know you've found your calling because yeah. you're just prepared to, to deal with the pressures of pain or losing but then I also think that, you know, when it's a late night and, you know, you have something to finish for work or, you know, you want to learn a trick and the fact that you can't actually get yourself to stop because it's just too much passion and love inside of you that it's just you're entertained by it yes, um, and it's got your full attention, it's just that's when you know you found your calling. Right. And even now, I mean, my wife to this day is like, come on, honey, it's time to go to bed. And I'll just be downstairs in my in my studio working on things, and I'm not working on them because it's a deadline or you know because I'm you know terrified of of something. I'm doing it because I'm listening to my music and I'm burning my incense and mm-hmm. I'm in my zone and I'm doing it out of pure passion because it's very difficult to make myself stop. That's great. Yeah. And- 
any advice for people who are trying to find their passion? They're trying to, I mean, do you have a, do you have something you do to kind of get centered daily? Yeah, um, actually, it's funny. Um, my, my wife gives, always gives me great advice, and uh, one, one thing she says to me that, that's really important, I think, is she says, be an addition, not a subtraction. And I think the first thing about life in general is that if you do anything, you want to bring value mm-hmm. to anything. I mean, the last thing you want to be is the person that when people are around you, you don't bring value. But I think every person in their own way can bring value, all, all the way from being quiet and listening to being a person who talks a lot and people listen to you. Yes. Um, or, you know, if someone's in a kitchen and maybe staying out of the way is bringing value or right. helping. I mean, I think that the first thing in life is that you want to be part of the growth of everything around you versus, the, you know, I don't mean to be morbid, but the death or... Mm-hmm pulling things down and putting them in reverse. And that that is a huge factor. And I I think that um, also there's so many, I think people need to realize that that in order to be successful, it doesn't involve money and money and and, and sort of material things, especially living here in Orange County, the ostentatiousness is just insane. And, I, I just believe that that can't be your driving force. It just has to be what brings you calmness. And for me, like to answer your question about what what I how I start my day is, I just kind of I just try to be grateful all the time. Mm-hmm. I just try to be a normal person and and treat people and myself as if I'm normal. And because um, we are all the same yes. at the end of the day, there's really not a big difference between any of us. And it's just a matter of how you go about your day. No, so I just try to be normal and grounded. That's good. That's good. I know because you need some kind of um, time to to regroup and think. And I, I like that you you know you have that time to yourself at night and you're doing your thing. Yeah. And um, we all need to kind of have it's mindfulness to just you know be very centered. Yeah, kind kindness and, and compassion is is uh, is critical. Just to step back and before you make a, a you know a, a rash or a harsh decision to just like those two seconds are the difference between success and failure because yes. what you how you do something is how it impacts other people is greater than anyone can ever realize that's fantastic well we have yeah. to wrap up did you want to add anything else and throw out your website if people want more information about you well yeah i, I suppose i didn't talk a lot about my business oh, but you yeah, know go ahead uh, well I have a, a company. It's called Element, and um, it's a skateboard lifestyle company built around, you know, I guess the culture, youth culture, and the, everything that's happening today between art, music, skateboarding, fashion. And I think it's an amazing business. I'm very grateful to uh, be a part of. And um, yeah, it's elementskateboards.com is our our URL. And uh, yeah, we just love what we do and um, have a lot of fun and. I guess that's really it. I just try to make a positive difference in the world, in a world that needs that right now. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate all your support and, and having me on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. I really enjoyed chatting with you, and uh, 
Again, I have uh, the video and your bio up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I love that name. That's oh, a great. We you. should do a collab and make a T-shirt together. No kidding. I, that would, so I'd be cool. into it. Yeah, I know. Because you know what? Who hasn't been in a funk, you know? And Oh, yeah. It's key. Many. Yeah, it's key, like finding your way out. I, I got to tell you something. I lost... Uh, a very special relative over the weekend, my uncle. Oh, and sorry. Um, thank you. And uh, yesterday, I find that this is really key to my sanity. Instead of sitting around, because I was very sad, I decided to kind of do things. Because when I'm creative, I I get out of myself. I mm-hmm. I feel better. So I was actually uh, painting and hanging up my guitars, and and I I just had to do something, you know. And I think yeah. every little something helps. Yeah, you know, stay busy. Yeah, stay busy, you know. Get busy living or get busy dying. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with me, and uh, I look okay. forward to meeting you sometime. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank right. you. Okay. We were chatting with Johnny Schellereff, founder of Element and recent TEDx Orange Coast speaker. If you missed any part of the show, it'll be up on my blog uh, in a few hours. I'm taking over for Sheldon Abbott, Cure for the Blues, in just a little bit. Going to take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be on.